Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Yes, hi, hello, and happy holidays still, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Extra Points presented as ever by Omaha. Sarah Tiana, I think 30,000 feet in the sky right now. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass can confirm that. She's been sending us some bizarre videos of her experience at the airport bouncing off of strangers in pre-dawn setting so she's up in the sky somewhere making her miles is that what she's doing eddie spaghetti to make sure she stays in a certain exclusive club am no, i understanding you, that you right? clearly don't listen to sarah um i don't sarah, understand what goes sarah on with why she's doing this laid it out very easily sarah was flying on christmas eve to to maintain her uh flight status if i had a guess it's probably a delta thing i know right. comics use delta um so she did that on Christmas Eve, got a flew to a city, flew right back, got her miles. Um, she is just on vacation with her family this week. And she is, I believe, in a remote cabin without Wi-Fi or very spotty mm. Wi-Fi. So I said, take the week, enjoy the holidays, and uh, us three will take it from here. What a generous boss you are, Eddie Spaghetti. I hope you had a good time up in Staten Island with the entire pasta clan. Now you're back in Los Angeles and jumping in here. Who better? to join us on Extra Points. It is his home, after all. Periodically, at least, try to make sense of, you know, I just said happy holidays, but it feels empty. Once Christmas is gone, it makes me sad. I don't like well, hearing Christmas songs. Like, as even on the 25th, I start getting wistful that Christmas is over, so I like to stop the Christmas music literally on Christmas Day. Maybe a little bit severe, but that's what I did. But listen, let, enough about that. I want to kibitz with this guy because he's been wrong about a lot of things. He's been right about a lot of things this football season, too. He's our pal. He's Martin Weiss. Happy holidays to you, fella. You excited for Michigan? You sad about the Detroit Pistons? Are you confused? Are you feeling validated about uh, Derek Carr and the Saints not being as good as the world thought they were going to be? Even you, the Saints fan, though, said that the Saints weren't going to be good because of Derek Carr, and it looks like you were right. Welcome and happy holidays. Well. You're right, first of all. Happy Holidays does fall flat after Christmas because we know that Happy Holidays just became like a more inclusive way to say Merry Christmas. So I feel like instead of just going like the Happy Holidays route, let's find out actually what day of Kwanzaa it is and say Happy That Day. You know what hmm. I'm saying? We, we, like, we, we know what day Christmas is. We know what day Christmas Eve is. And we even know what day Festivus is. Why don't we, you know, I don't know how Hanukkah works, but I'm sure there's there's eight crazy nights according to Adam Sandler, right? So we could probably nail out which day and just say, you know, happy fifth day of, of, of Hanukkah, if that's the appropriate, you know, salutation. But happy holidays, it's this cookie cutter, one size fits all. No, it doesn't work. I agree wholeheartedly. Wonder why happy gets so much shine is the this superlative uh, adjective that gets applied. Maybe we need a holiday where you have a, a larger, a wider range of emotions on display. I think a lot of football fans probably experienced a lot and they weren't happy over this last uh, football well, weekend. Now, some were the one that may, that trips me up and, you know, what we're going to get into it here um, over the next few minutes with Marty Weiss. But um, his Michigan, obviously. Just a point and a half to Bama, who barely got in. Is that the weirder line, or is the line 
with the Washington Huskies, undefeated as they are, plus four against the Longhorns. I want to get your picks on that. We'll look ahead to pro football week 17. But first, let's look back here. And I know that the big storyline is that the, the Ravens just humiliated the Niners on some level. And keep in mind, when you're talking about that whole game, remember how it kind of started. Five nothing for the Niners because the referee trips up Lamar Jackson in the end zone. Take that away. And then it's an even bigger housing you could make a case. Stunned as that leaves me. Of course, I have been saying Niners, Niners, Niners. And I thought, not fraudulent, the Ravens, but I thought that they were gettable. Now they appear to be, you know, on the same level, maybe even more so than you would have put the Niners going into week 16 of who in their conference is going to get in their way come January and stop them from getting to the Super Bowl. The Ravens at least should have that vibe after doing on the West Coast in San Francisco's home joint, doing that to the Niners. It should feel like the Ravens are unstoppable, uh, their path to the Super Bowl. How say you, Martin Weiss? My thing with the 49ers was as as dominant as they were, it's funny because they honestly kind of remind me of the Denver Broncos. They can only win one way, right? And hmm. it, it became it got put on blast. Like as you see Russell Wilson on the bench now. Sean Payton's whole strategy in Denver was I'm throwing the ball less than 25 times. Rush, complete 20 of these. Half of them are going to be behind the line of scrimmage. And every so often we'll take a deep shot to Cortland Sutton, right? The 49ers do the same thing. They just have the Avengers at all these different positions, right? Except for quarterback, in my opinion, with Brock Purdy, who, I mean, is a fine quarterback. But the idea that he was the MVP of the league, the favorite going in, to me, that was it. It did not jive with what I was actually looking at. And But the fatal flaw of the 49ers, and it has been in Kyle Shanahan's career, is they can't, if they don't get the lead, they're going to lose. Like and I know there's several hmm. different stats out there, but it seems like everybody that is a out. wild one that they keep saying. And I, I, I always like my the cynic in me always says like, well, when you're ahead ninety percent of the time in the fourth quarter, you don't have to rally. There aren't that uh, many available situations for you to pull off the fourth quarter rally. That's the answer to like Shanahan's never come back when he's down in the fourth quarter. It, it is relevant though. I hear what you're saying, Martin. So that's to me one of that was their fatal flaw, and I think the reason why the 49ers are like that is because they've never had a truly dynamic quarterback playing the position for them. Right. Because like when, okay, they're down five, nothing right in that game. You see Lamar Jackson at one point in the first half, what step out of a sack run down, put Fred Warner on skates at the first down marker goes, picked up 20 more yards and it, right there, boom, field goal. Like, that's the type of thing that I don't feel like the 49ers have had at the most important position, really, this entire run of three out of the four NFC Championship games. And it's probably why they were like, let's go see if we can take a flyer on this kid from North Dakota State and see if he can be that type of difference maker. And he just couldn't pick it up, right? So that, to me, was always the fatal flaw for the 49ers with the Ravens over years past, they've been the most injured team anecdotally, it seems, but I mean, preseason was a mass unit last year for the Ravens. They remember they were not fielding healthy running backs at all. Sure. And even this year, they've they're had still not. Serious. I mean, exactly. they're down, they're down, they're down to, to Gussie there. 
to Gus the bus, really. And it's sort of funny, given their profile, the way you sort of consider the Baltimore Ravens, that they're not a run-based team at all. I mean, they're they're not a team. I really am curious, save the guy under center, if they need to. You, I, you know, in the year of the Lord 2023 here, the the idea like hey, you got to play defense and run the ball to to make hay in the postseason like there are some examples that you don't have to do both of those things to to win the Lombardi I don't know if the Ravens are sort of limited by their inability to run the ball I mean it's a, you know Keaton it, the injuries have amounted to the point that now it's Justice Hill and Gus Edwards that's the run game that leaves oh. me uninspired and and makes me wonder I mean what I'm getting to here Martin as we go in and I'm sorry, I interrupted your, your point here and I want you to continue it, but I do want to say that this settled hash that now the Ravens are the team in the AFC ignores the fact that the Miami dolphins are right there behind them. And lo and behold are about to play those Baltimore Ravens and Jalen Waddle, it would seem isn't going to play. And people, I think over the last six, eight weeks are a little underwhelmed by the Dolphins, but here they are and they can take the number one seed. Now they do have to go back to back. Eddie Spaghetti, correct me if I'm wrong. They do have to win both of those games, no matter what, to hold on to the number one seed, right? The Ravens have Pittsburgh in week 18. And so if the Steelers want, well, regardless of what the Steelers do in Seattle, if Baltimore needs that game to take number the number one seed in the AFC, obviously they're going to, put their their starters in there to vanquish Mason Rudolph, presumably, maybe Kenny Pickett. I don't know. Maybe Dave Damashek under center, whoever it is for the Steelers in week 18. The Ravens may end up playing their players. But the point is the Dolphins are this ignored team in a huge, I know, obscured by the primetime game, Niners and Ravens and all that. But as I kept saying, like the 1A game is the Dolphins and the Cowboys, and there's just no reaction to it. We still feel the same way, it seems, about the Dolphins as we as we did going in, like, yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Now, I don't think anybody but Dave Damashek thinks that that team really has a great shot at going to the Super Bowl still. How say you? I mean, I picked them to win the division. I still think they will. And if I think if you're hosting a home playoff game, you're on the track, especially if you're able to get that one seed, then you know you probably got a really good shot at getting it. I think the thing with the Dolphins is uh, we've seen the offense be high-flying and high-powered. But since Tennessee, really, they have not been offensively nearly as impressive. And another, that's another team, very much like the 49ers. I think Brock, I think Tua is better than Brock Purdy, but not so much better that he is a, you know, died in the wool difference maker, like third and three. He might get you in the right play, like, like that, that, that quick screen to Tyreek Hill to ice the Cowboys game. But what happens when the play breaks down? Right. Generally, I think two is going to be sitting on the ground when the play breaks down. Brock Purdy will be sitting on the ground when the play breaks down. When you like and we went back to go back to when you're talking about the, the Super Bowl winning teams. Right. Because when we were doing the should we pay running backs all summer. Right. One of the main points that people had were. Well, if you look at all the Super Bowl winning teams, they all had the the 18th highest paid running back or they had a six round rookie or Isaiah Pacheco, blah, blah, blah. The thing they all have in common is they all had Hall of Fame quarterbacks who won the Super Bowl. Right. So I agree that if you can get a Hall of Fame quarterback, 
then you should probably maybe just default. You know, your running back position can be a little uh, malleable, right? You can be a little, you know, uh, trade in, trade out, right? But if you don't, which the majority of the league does not, right? <laughs> like when you just think of the the top teams right now, the final, the three teams that people are tossing around, like are just in this conversation, the three teams that are tossing around. As much people love Brock Purdy, nobody's putting him in the Hall of Fame right now. As much people love Tua, nobody's saying he's a Hall of Famer right now. Lamar Jackson won a unanimous MVP and is only 26, right? So I think he would classify in the tracking tour, depending on what he can do in the postseason. If he has a good three, four, five postseason uh, run, then he'd be looking right there at that uh, kind of like, all right, Matthew Stafford, I see you, dude. Like, you're right here with it. Like, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, the last few guys who have won this thing. So my point is Miami's kind of in that same boat as San Francisco where if things aren't going according to plan, how do you get back to getting on the plan? Whereas Baltimore will be like, well, we'll just Lamar, just go be great. And and other Super Bowl winning teams in the past, like Mahomes, go figure it out. Brady, go figure it out. Stafford, go figure it out. Right. So like well, that's Joe kind Burrow. Of- and Joe Burrow is a is a name that should be included in that group where you you talk about just an individual who can overcome the circumstance, the players around them, the play calls and otherwise, and just win the game as a superhero. And I agree with you, Tua may not be that guy, but obviously the cynicism is everywhere. When you're talking about these upcoming playoffs, because what you're hearing a lot about the Ravens is it's like you ain't going to win two games, maybe three playoff games, depending on how these last couple of weeks go in the AFC playoffs off schedule like that. Like that's fine and it's exciting, but the Ravens aren't going to win with Lamar Jackson playing off schedule like that. 120 minutes, 180 minutes on the way to the Super Bowl. But at the same time, people are saying exactly what you just said about Tua. Tua is not special in the way that he is going to make those those difference making plays when the called play breaks down so let's let's do this then oh one last point one last point to the dolphins cowboys game the reason why everybody left that game in my opinion with like this the taste of meh is because it felt like the cowboys should have won and if the cowboys did win then you would go and have a moment of well, you know what? They figured out some of the issues that they've had on the road. They go finally beat a good team, so on. In part because Tony Pollard found a way to touch every part of the end zone but the ball, mm. right? And then the the fullback fumble, like those are the, I mean, you force five field goals in a game with an offense like Miami's, you would expect to win that game, I in my opinion, right? <laughs> you would expect to win that game. So, they end up losing it, but again, if Miami had come out and scored 35 points offensively, you would be like, oh, okay, this Miami offense is back on track. There, It doesn't seem to be as such. So I, Baltimore is not necessarily the team to play lining up when you're trying to figure out how to get your offense on plan and on schedule. But I think that's why, because ne- neither question about either team was answered. Because with the Cowboys, it's the details. If they if they could get in, Tony Pollard can beat uh, Deshaun Elliott to the pylon, that's a touchdown, and the Cowboys probably win. If Luke Schoonmaker in Philadelphia can have the ball in his right arm instead of his left arm, right there on the one-yard line, that's a touchdown, and the Cowboys probably win, right? But then to the Miami point, if they could play offense like they had earlier in the season, they're unstoppable because nobody can guard them, but they haven't been able to do that since it got cold out, really. 
you know, your your point, see, that's like an old school old man point about like the Dolphins. They're down in Florida and they're not going to be able to hack it. I mean, you know, this game is so important if the Dolphins beat the Ravens. And I know I my sense is that nobody thinks the Dolphins have a shot in this one. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but OK, let's rank these things. And that's what we do on this show is we rank them. So we have a few things that we have to uh, address here. But let's start with this. The Ravens, I'm not incorrect in saying that everybody has the Ravens as the team to beat. There's nobody out there making a case. I like the Dolphins still to go to the Super Bowl for the record. But I think the collective wisdom is that the Ravens are now an unstoppable force destined for the Super Bowl, correct? I'd say the Ravens are the king of the hill today. You don't think so, Eddie Spaghetti? I don't. No, I don't. Um, I would not be shocked next week if the, if the what happens if the Dolphins beat the Ravens? Well, they, well that's they what play I'm a saying. very tight game. Like yeah. it, it, I'm the same. This is what happened when the when the Niners had that losing streak of what was it three four games in a row and everyone's freaking out going oh I guess they're not good. It's like I don't care about losses in the middle of an NFL season. So um, I'm not trying to poo poo the Ravens' victory over the Niners, but there were five interceptions thrown, which you don't see a lot in games. Uh, say what you want about Brock Purdy not being an MVP. I agree with that. But four interceptions for him is uncharacteristic. Like, that's not something sure. that he does. Um, I, I don't think that game is really an indictment about, of like, you know, the Niners are that much worse than the Ravens. I would love to see that game a rematch without that many sloppy turnovers and then to see how the game. Are we going to? You're going to predict that right now that that's your Super Bowl matchup? I, I still don't think that. I, I still think it, as weird as the Eagles have looked, I still trust the talent on that team. I still trust the Niners. I think the Ravens are good, um, obviously. And this game versus the Dolphins will will speak volumes. I also wouldn't be shocked. I'm not counting the Cowboys out either because like Martin makes a lot of good points and the Cowboys were in that game. I think that's still probably the group uh, of NFL teams are picking of late in the season. So I, I don't think this is a season where there's no team that's head and shoulders above them. Um, you know, obviously if Brock Purdy does not play like that, I still probably think the Niners are the best team when playing um, not perfectly, but playing sound football. Um, the Ravens, you know, I, I still think, I just don't like the idea of Lamar Jackson's quarterback. I texted, you know, Sheck, uh, you and Hench this, like when he's 19 touchdown passes, like that's your MVP. I I, I mean, people got on Dalen Jones case last year for throwing 15 touchdown passes. And if we're going to count the rushing stats, it's like, well, Jalen Hurts is like 15 rushing touchdowns. So like, what are we doing here? Uh, not, I, I think if a quarterback does not have eye popping stats, you have to give it to a non-quarterback. That's just pretty much how it has to go. So it should be CMC. It should be Tyree Kill. Um, it'd be pretty absurd for Tyree Kill to have 2,000 receiving yards, which he probably won't get to that. Uh, and not he's going to break records and not get the MVP. So it's like, I, I don't think we'll be looking back on this season and be like, oh yeah, the great Lamar Jackson MVP season. Um, so for me, like, I don't, I don't agree with any of that. So uh, I'm not, maybe it's a hot take for me not having a hot take after that game, but it didn't really do much to really change how I felt overall about this season. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 
21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code, bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250 bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Okay, I was going to have us rank AFC contenders. I like this, but okay, let's let's uh, jump in with the MVP update here based on Eddie Spaghetti bringing it up here, and it has flipped if you haven't looked at it since those games. Not surprising, a little Mar Jackson in a prohibitive spot as your favorite, and only CMC feels like a shot at getting it. And there's Josh Allen back there at 12 to 1 still, and maybe you can make a case for him. I will say, Martin. That's a classic damn check fun bet right there. Go ahead. What? The Josh Allen? I don't think yes. it's crazy to make that one. I don't think that's a classic. I know you bet. don't, but it is. I don't you think it's crazy to say Josh Allen can win the MVP? Only if people are not doing what they always do, which is deciding things before the hash is actually settled. I mean, if people now have decided Lamar Jackson is the MVP, well, what if they lose to the Dolphins? You know, what if what if to uh has the better day and all of that. And then, and you know, the Niners finish things off and, you know, the CMC has another, you know, two to five touchdowns in the next fortnight or whatever. He should be your MVP. I would think unless Josh Allen really does feel like he dragged this team, really dragged this bills team. They're not in the playoffs yet though. So let's uh, uh, wait on you. that thank happening. You. Like, well, that's what you I'm, know, 
I didn't say <laughs> that, that he's getting it. I'm saying he would be worthy of it in if the season is complete and somehow they're in the playoffs when it looked like six, eight weeks ago that they had no chance, right? I mean, that's... But to Spaghetti's point, or to, re- or, or to respond to that, and it gives me no pleasure to tout the Baltimore Ravens, but I, I do think that there is a case to be made for Lamar Jackson when Mark Andrews... I mean, I had some legit doubts about what's going to happen now with that offense now that Mark Andrews is out. Nothing, apparently. They're going to keep on going. They've lost a couple of running backs. No matter. They can still steamroll you. I mean, it's not a small thing that Ronnie Stanley is mediocre at best now. He was the all-pro left tackle for seasons and hasn't been for three years. No matter. It doesn't make a difference with this Ravens team. New offense and all that, and they just keep on ticking. Now, they have to beat the Dolphins, though. I, I, I don't give Lamar Jackson my MVP vote until he completes the trick. He has to get the number one seed in this all-time rugged AFC. Then I will give him his flowers. Let's see him beat the Dolphins, though, first. And then we can open that up. So my ballot now is Lamar Jackson 1, CMC 2, Josh Allen. But I am open to the possibility of change over these last couple of weeks. Martin, how say you? Uh, My my ballot would look pretty much the same. I'd have Lamar right now. But again, just this year, we've had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different people be the favorite to win the MVP. Hmm. So it's this is not this is not a to use this person is the favorite, so they'll definitely win it, which is an argument that I've heard a lot for uh, the quarterback of San Francisco. It's first of all, it just shows you don't know much about how gambling works because it doesn't matter who the favorite is at all. Trust me, like they're more likely to win, but. Just as soon you can find you some underdogs and win outright. <laughs> we had hey, those every day, bets. but that's like I'll uh, I'll tell you that it, it's really kind of become like uh, college football, a uh, college uh, basketball um, rankings in the season. Like who's number one now is not going to be number one next week. That's uh, how it goes. The the, the NFL MVP race has has sort of become that. So okay, I guess the bottom line is. Let's not predetermine our vote when the season isn't over yet, at least through week 17, right? I mean, we got to see if Lamar can earn the number one seed, if he falls on his face against the Dolphins. And that's a, uh, against that Fangio defense. That's the thing that's starting to tune up more and more that is a factor. And by the way, the other thing with the Dolphins and 70 points and two and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and all that. The the fact is that they are very Niners-esque in that they can just grind you. They can bang you on the ground, too. And I think that makes the Dolphins a legit threat. Um, so with that in mind, I will go as my team to beat. I mean, I think we can even remove the Ravens from this because they are the team to beat now, clearly, by far and away. I guess this includes what you think is going to happen in Charm City this weekend, but give me your three teams that might get to the Super Bowl from the AFC, not named Baltimore Ravens, in order of confidence. My number one is obviously the Dolphins, since I think they are going to go to the Super Bowl, um, period. But go ahead. That's my number one. That's in my win spot. If it's not the Ravens in the Super Bowl, it will be the Miami Dolphins. Martin, how say you? Goodness gracious. If it's not the Ravens, I mean, I have to go with the Dolphins because I, the rest, I'm looking at like wild card teams. 
Like I could, I know why people are talking about how how crazy Buffalo could be if they get in, but I I don't think they hold it. I gotta go back and look at the tiebreakers, but I know they've lost a ton of games in the AFC this year, so I think that's gonna have an impact on them. It's I also guess, correct me if I'm wrong. It has that NBA game vibe to it, except that it's been two months of football. But like within an NBA game, a team can fall back 18 points in the second half, and you're like, wow, they're cooked, and then by mid fourth quarter, it's like, Oh, it's a, it's a two point game. And then the team that had the huge lead to begin with just kind of pulls away again. It's like, Oh yeah, they had to burn all that gas to get caught up and they have nothing left to complete the feat. I feel like that's uh, uh, maybe the case with Josh Man. Allen and the bills here. They, they, they're yeah. like, I fun story. Great thing. I bet you they won't get past the divisional round no matter what. That's kind of how I feel about them. Even if they do make it, it won't be for long. I, you know what, man, in this, in this year, with all the all the, I think there's been 58 different starting quarterbacks through 15 weeks or 16 weeks of football. Numerous run injuries to running backs and all this stuff. I'm looking. If you just look at the AFC, look at the AFC standings, which I'm looking at right now. The only other team that I say I could feel that I would plant my flag with is the Cleveland Browns. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You are you really gonna like you and I Eddie agree. Spaghetti are now like Zan and Jaina, the the Wonder Twins believing in Joe Flacco and the Browns? It's a fun story. It, I, I believe in them making the playoffs. Okay. Go to the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? They're well, no, you said rank. road games. You said rank. So you I said rank them. I, okay. I, I don't okay. know where Martin And then you also but... remove Baltimore from the rankings. Go ahead. Eddie. I hear I'm you. Sorry. But, but, no, no, but no, no. this I... is this is get to the Super Bowl conversation. This is what we're talking about is get to the Super Bowl. You think the Browns, there's any set. Now, by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars with with bum Blake Bortles under center almost got to that Super Bowl. So I will always hold up that piece of evidence. And I don't think the Baltimore Ravens of a decade ago with the same Joe Flacco running the table. People misremember that. That defense was not some juggernaut no. defense just because Ray Lewis was still on it. Joe Flacco was on that all time heater. That's what explains how the Ravens did it a decade ago. I don't think the Browns. Even blending like the 2017 Jags dominating you on defense and then the offense doing just enough with Joe Flacco and all that. I still can't make the case that they would be able to, let's say, I don't know what the path would be, but off the top of my head, like, would they beat Baltimore? I guess if they did beat Baltimore. They have too. <laughs> they already okay. beat Baltimore. All right. And they beat I mean, Baltimore okay. with a hurt quarterback. That could be your divisional round matchup too. I mean, because you could go so, but but the case that you guys are sort of making here is Ravens. I mean, so so Browns catch. Let's say. I mean, okay, let's figure this out then. The AFC South is an atrocity once again. What goes on in the South, by the way? Why is it now? You know, it used to be like, yeah, it's a moving thing, most embarrassing division in football. Now it feels like almost always it's one of the two or or both the AFC and NFC Souths. What goes on? Why why, why mean, are they so incompetent as a region? You you know, you're coming down on the AFC South, but right now you got three teams tied for first place. AFC West has bet worse records, if not, except for the Chiefs, who have I just one said they're more both win. Go. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, right. Uh, the AFC West is, is to me, is you want to talk about uh, trying to figure it out. They have two fired coaches already in, in the hmm. division. Uh, and uh, Sean Payton just QB. benched his quarterback. 
Patrick Mahomes is yelling at his bench every chance that everybody he gets. hates the the Chiefs now. Everybody's mad at Taylor Swift legitimately, so, which is hysterical that people think that. I, I, so I back, go back off of the Colts, who who back off of the um, I'm sorry, the South, who has had two starting rookie quarterbacks, one of whom got knocked out and found their way and fought their way to eight wins apiece on that one. The Jaguars, I don't know what to tell you about that. That's that's I just well, I that's what I was just going to ask team. you. Because you texted that um, yesterday when we were talking about the show. It's a fascinating point. The Jaguars, who, I mean, what, three weeks ago we were talking about? Like, hey, they could get to the Super Bowl. They're going to, they they really have a shot at the number one seed. And boy, if things That's break That's what Mark Arnold right was talking about on Lemon Pepper Parlay. Martin Weiss was, was I don't know, champ. I don't well, know. Well, it's not that I ever thought the Jags were the best team. But I could see the path for them in that terrible division getting the number one seed surviving it to the point that they have the most wins when it's all said and done and now things run through duval county now i don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs at all but i do think the point you made is the jags might be the third best team in the state of florida right now is that a fair point uh i think since thanksgiving which if you like follow, like you said, I told when it gets cold outside, the old man Bill Parcellsian way of thinking. Well, my court, my coach and quarterback when I was growing up was Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So that's you know I'm I'm a Bell. I'm from the I'm from I'm a fan of the Bell of of the Parcells tree. Right, that's where he comes from. So yeah, you're supposed to be playing your best football after the turkey's on the table before you open the presents, and uh, that's not how it's been for Jacksonville. They've lost their last four in a row. Quarterbacks gotten hurt and knocked out of the last three games in a row, which that's never good. But yeah, no, I but I just that you know, is I'm, wild. Three separate <laughs> things. Yeah, I've never been really the to me Doug Peterson kind of caught lightning in a bottle with the Eagles and Carson Wentz and then like did what I think is what more coaches should do. And I think Kevin Stefanski is doing it in Cleveland right now, which is probably why he's going to win the coach of the year. But he said, all right, Nick, our MVP level quarterback went down, right? Our, our guy who was leading us through this thing went down. What do you do well? And let's implement that into our game plan. All of a sudden, the RPO was born. I remember sitting in the Superdome as a kid asking my dad, Dad, how come NFL teams don't run the option? And he's like, because the quarterbacks are too slow. Well, Doug Peterson found a way to run some version of the option in that playoff run, and the rest of the league could not catch up to it until they did. But what, But uh, since then, Doug Peterson has not truly impressed me. You know, and, and I, you know, he was – it's the same, it's the same energy. I always talk about that. Like if you were in the the Seinfeld writer's room, all those people got all the writers on that staff got massive multi-million dollar development deals. And it's like just because you wrote the the one where um wrote the uh, yada 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 Seinfeld episode doesn't mean you have this bottomless well of creative energy um to lean on. Same thing. It's like, okay, Doug Peterson did that that one time. Does that mean now he is he is a, a great wizard of a head coach for all of time? Not necessarily. And we just saw it with Frank Reich, as a matter of fact, who also was people would whisper to you, he was the real key to that uh, to that Eagles special run. Didn't work out for Frank Reich post-Eagles either. I mean, let's um, be anyway. real. 
the real key to the Eagles special run was Bill Belichick benching Malcolm Butler moments before the hmm. Super Bowl with tears running down his eyes and the rest of the team being like, what in the hell is going on? I mean, and throwing a pass to Tom Brady, like when we look back at it, it was one of the all time to me bungles. Uh, but you know what? It worked out because the Patriots got one they never should have got against the Rams. So, you know, it, it all it all works out in the wash, I guess. But OK, yeah, we're, have, we're making rankings within rankings. And so we have different rankings going at different uh, different conversations all within this one massive conversation. So let's settle this Florida hash. The best team is the Dolphins right now. But we yes. have to give a shout out to the Buccaneers with what they're doing. It is really great stuff. And you talk about coach of the year. I mean, what about the Bucks? What about the Dolphins? What if the Dolphins beat the Ravens? Keep in mind how we go into this season. Like, boy, their starting QB maybe should retire because he has too many concussions. And he's, by the way, not that good. And I don't know about this defense. And I don't know about their offensive tackle situation. And there they are right now with a shot to get not just the division title that everybody gave to the Jets or Bills in August, except Damashek and a small handful of other smarts. Oh, were you with that too, Marty? I was with you. I was Costos with was with that. Who was in on the Dolphins? Because if this happens, I have to give a roll call when it comes through spaghetti. It was there was a it was a small oh uh and Mad Verderam. So yeah, this is a it's a, a esteemed little group here. So let's all My smoke the Dolphins. AFC thing. East take was the Dolphins win the division and the Jets win the go out, go to the wild card. And Buffalo. Okay, you're off home. the hook for that one. What happened happened on the second or third play of the season. So, so the Jets and their backers are off the hook for this. But if the Dolphins come through, so the 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 Buccaneers, you know, again, like the cynicism that creeps in is, but are they going to be a factor come January? I suspect they aren't, and I hope that everybody has the dignity in wild card round. If you are the lower seed, just, just get out of the way. No one, I good for you making the playoffs. And I think, you know what Browns and whoever else just don't get in the way of the divisional round. I want all the higher seeds playing each other, especially this year. I want the Cowboys and I want the Eagles and I want the Lions and I want the Niners and I don't want anybody messing that up. And I'm looking at you Buccaneers and I'm looking at you Rams. I don't want you guys pulling some upset in the in the wild card round to muck up what should be a glorious heavyweight on heavyweight uh divisional round and title round, right? But anyhow, okay, so Florida Jags, they stink now, but the Jags are we then saying have no chance of getting to the Super Bowl, Martin? I think that's I right. don't think they have I, I, to me they're not a Super Bowl contender. Okay. So so okay, I look at so them in the same they, to me they're saying they're just about the same level team as is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huh. And the Jaguars. They're about equal to me. I mean they're equal in win-loss record mm. but also equal in that you have uh the four, I mean no former number one overall pick quarterbacks who are proven to be not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Baker's playing well on he's on a heater right now, but Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence has shown he can go on a heater at times like he did at the end of last year, but he's so banged up right now. I don't know, but uh, if he'll be able to, to really compete, I mean, they're signing guys, my, they're signing Matt Barkley off practice squad. So, you know, it, I don't know, but I, the, the, to me, it's Miami tick, 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 way down there. Tampa and Jacksonville fighting out for a distant tie for third place. Okay, now I'll get back to the AFC. Underneath the Ravens, teams that can go to the Super Bowl in order of confidence. Back to the AFC. I, just, I mean, outside of the Ravens, the in order of confidence, it would be the Dolphins 
it would be see this there are only three left here there i mean now there are only two left after you take the dolphins and the ravens are at the top there i'm being sincere because i don't have any faith that kansas city could win a game hmm like in the like they they could be so the you're, one I mean team. that would be the obvious one. You're saying that the Chiefs cannot get to the Super Bowl this year. No, after a while, we got to just pay attention to what we're actually seeing instead of what mm. we think might happen. Right? We're we're two weeks to the end of the season. Like the idea that we thought that they were gonna figure it out offensively, they clearly haven't. I mean, they the defense gave up six points yesterday, uh on uh last week. That's it. That's it. Okay, Six so we don't think the, the Colts can do it. We well, obviously, you know, nobody thinks if. Uh, uh, I mean, you got. Are you? Do you guys really think that there's some path if things break just so? I to me, I guess the point I'm driving at here is it's Ravens, it's Dolphins, and it's the Chiefs, and that's it for me. I guess I could buy the Bills based on some of those special Josh Allen January performances. I'm thinking the thirteen, the thirteen second game, and all of that. I guess that oh, would be my list. That, uh, the, that is the, that is the list of teams stick. that that could get to this. I'm not talking about pulling upset. I'm talking about win the AFC title game after another win or two before that to get to the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. There are four teams that can do it. It's Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills, period. No one else has a shot at doing it. Uh, since uh, Cleveland's a better team than Buffalo, and I don't think uh, by far to me. They know, Buffalo Flacco's just has a quarterback. better Come quarterback. Come on, man. Come on. Joe Flacco is going to do it. Come on. I Look, I hear what you're saying, but Josh Allen has what? I know, and they both have a ton of turnovers. Joe Flacco has a ton of turnovers as well. But what Joe Flacco also has a better, uh, just a better defense by far. Like, it's just, you know, I know it's just, yeah, i sorry. I can't. Go. It's just Cleveland's a better team than Buffalo. I, that's Is there all I any got. case that I'm missing? Like I'm not. I gonna, mean, I don't know why you're. I love the Mason Rudolph uh, performance. Believe me, and in fact, it made me 51% vexed more than it did happy because uh, Eddie Spaghetti. You know, I've been saying. Mason Rudolph is the option, not Mitch Trubisky. You got to sure. yank Mitch Trubisky, and if they would have put him in three weeks ago, even during the, if not the Arizona game it, against New England. It was evident what was going on. They needed to put Mason Rudolph in. If they would have, they would have one extra win, the Steelers, and they would be firmly in the playoffs. So I'm sick that they're not at this point. I don't think the Steelers have any shot at running the table and going to the Super Bowl, though. It's, it's you know, it's three or four teams, right? I, well, I mean, if you want the rankings, I would have, if the Bills get in there, the number one for me, hmm. um, number two for me would still be the Chiefs uh, because I think you're fooling yourself. You don't think Andy Reid has been a phenomenal coach for, you know, decades or Patrick Mahomes get hot. Everybody uh, thinks he was. That's uh, not the point. The here and now that Marty's making is given what we've seen now, 15 weeks I would through, take it's really Chiefs hard to feel Dolphins. excited about the Chiefs. I would take the Chiefs over the Dolphins in a game. I feel more confident hmm. in the Chiefs figuring it out. And then uh, I would have the Browns third. Um, you know, you say what you want about Joe Flacco, but look at what they were putting out. I mean, Joe Flacco in the four games he's played, undeniably better than anything Deshaun Watson's done, anything better than DTR's done, anything that PJ Walker's done. I mean, his worst game passing like total um, was 254 yards. I mean, the, he's he's not thrown less than two touchdown passes in a game. Um, he's been, you know, he's a veteran. He, he's won a Super Bowl. Like, he doesn't have to do too much. Like, when you have a good uh, running game and you have a, the best defense in the NFL, in my opinion, and then when you have playmakers, like, and Joku's coming on this year as a, like, legitimate top tight end. Obviously, Amari Cooper just broke records. Like, they have enough there that he could just, like, yeah, I'll do my part, and he knows that. And I, I think that, you know, I, you don't want to play defense like that. So I 
I have confidence that any of those teams could basically uh, advance uh, in there. And the Dolphins, I wish I had more confidence in, um, but I just feel like they're sort of a, a one-dimensional team. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm also not sold the Ravens are a lot. I think if you want chaos, this is a year for chaos, both on the AFC and NFC side. But to add to Eddie's point, also, Joe Flacco has only played four games. That's it. Everybody else on this list has played significantly more. Joe Flacco is rested. Yeah. He's not knocked up. I didn't up. know if that was if this was up. leading to a positive Flacco statement or a negative one. I would just saying, use the same well, evidence. The mean, other side of that the, coin is the more we see what Joe Flacco is doing and succeeding and doing with this particular circumstance, the more defenses are going to so- solve what he's trying to do and take that away. And limit yeah, yeah but I, I would apply that if he was like a no-name rookie. This is Joe Flacco, uh, thirty. What? How old is he? Thirty-nine years old, like a 38. veteran. Thirty-eight years. I mean, like fifty-seven years of age. I think Joe Flacco is a more a well-adjusted quarterback in this league, a smart guy in this league that understands. Like he, he's a veteran. I trust what I trust his knowledge over. If this was like a you know a Mike White scenario when like the Jets you pl- plugged him in, then teams figuring him out. Joe Flacco understands the game. Okay, it's it's interesting, and I'm not against it, even as somebody who roots for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the old Ravens guy taking the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl would be a trip and uh, and kind of fun. Uh, We're talking about the haves, the have nots, though, the other conversation going right now, if it is not around who is the student athlete who plays quarterback that our bad team should get next spring, who should be the head coach of those student athletes who um who's going to fill those prime head coaching gigs around the NFL which to you Martin Weiss if you had your pick of the litter of the ones that would seem to be coming available if they aren't already would you most want to take all things considered football lifestyle all the rest of it uh I'd want to take Atlanta because I think that Atlanta is a quarterback away and I think the quarterback away probably is not going to be the quarterback in Chicago anymore I think if you got a Justin Fields down there in that offense, hmm. who I think that would uh, you think they're going to do that? So you're so you think the Bears are going to take another quarterback, which I don't think is crazy because it does reset the clock for you to get a rookie QB in his first year, as opposed to Justin Fields who'd be going into year four, and then you're on the cusp of another big contract or moving on. So yes, I anyway, do. Continue. I think I do think the Bears. I mean, they're in line to get a new coach and a new quarterback, even with their recent success that they've had in the last few weeks. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would think that that scenario might blow up be, just because of who's available at quarterback, right? If this was a year, like, where you didn't have – like, there's a lot of good arms. Like, if this was – not last year, there was a lot of good arms, too, in the draft. But, like, if this was one of a typical down year, like the Kenny Pickett year, for example, where he was the first guy off the board at 22, then I think that Chicago will probably be standing pat and be drafting like Marvin Harrison Jr. or something along those lines, mm-hmm. re-upping with Justin Fields. But when you have such touted prospects coming out right now, I could see Chicago, who is going to be in pole position in the draft, blowing it up. And I think the recipient of that should be Atlanta, who I don't know if they can live – because as well as the entire league passed on Lamar Jackson, it seemed like Atlanta was the loudest to do so. And it felt like Hmm. after they were all in on Deshaun, I don't know if they make that same mistake a third time, right? And don't get me wrong, 
Lamar Jackson is significantly better than Justin Fields is. But in that offense, if they could just not turn the ball over and have a running threat at quarterback, I think they will turn the NFC South on its head and just could because that's the job I would want. Because if you're if I'm looking at divisions, like people talk about the Chargers, I have no interest in coaching the Chargers right now. They're in salary cap hell. You got Sean Payton, who just made his power play. He's going to have a new quarterback next year. And good luck when Sean Payton finds his quarterback. He's going to keep him forever, and that team will compete, right? Kansas City and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, while I don't think they'll figure it out this year, I do think that it's a dumb bet to bet against them continuously year in, year out. And who knows what the Raiders will do with Antonio Pierce or whoever. So, but even this and that, in that snapshot, you got two heavyweight coaches that I'll have to go toe to toe with just to get a ticket to the dance, right? Half the reason Bill Belichick and them had such a run is because the AFC East was so terrible that they always had a ticket to the dance. And Dave, if you don't have a ticket to the dance, you can't take the girl home afterwards. And that's what you need to do to win the Super Bowl. Hey, first of all, I have to interrupt everything you just said, which is uh, which is pretty accurate to say that this is this isn't some Pollyanna like you got to support your team if they're in playoff contention. These weirdos who root against, as a for instance, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, like they why you want them to go playoffs? They can go yeah and get embarrassed. Is that what you went better for them to lose out and then get a higher uh, draft pick and all that? It's like if they're close to the playoffs, I definitely want them. And it's not because like you owe it to root for your favorite guys. It is the whole point is right now. Now, this is the fun part. I am vexed about the Steelers and where they are. I thought they were going to be much further along um, in the process, if you will. I thought 23 was like, ooh, this is a real team. And 24, they make a Super Bowl run, a hardcore Super Bowl run. And so I'm underwhelmed by where they stand. Nevertheless, this is fun. The, the, the fun stuff of like, if they win, but then we need that team to lose, and then the another team has to lose over that, like that, the doing that math and stuff around the holidays, that's good times. That's a good part about being a sports fan. So, of course, you root for all of that to come through. See, the, um, the issue is some of these people, like I was talking to Gunnels about this, and, and he was talking about how during the Alex Smith years, he was despondent as a Chiefs fan. And I said, you're spoiled. That's the most entitled thing I've ever heard. You mean you're despondent winning double-digit games because you feel like you have no shot at a Super Bowl? Well, guess what you really have no shot at a Super Bowl if if you don't make the playoffs, That's right? right? The, the Lions just the clinched mix. their division for you the first time in 30 years. The Lions clinched their division for the first time in 30 years. When I was growing up the Saints games, we went with bags over our heads because if the team won four games, it was considered a success in building stone for next year until we got Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And then after that happened, you know what? They're still trying to fight the vestiges of it, but soon they'll be right back at 3-14, and 5-12. and 12. That's where they've been. That's where the Lions have been for my entire adult life. And those are the two places I lived before I moved to California. And I, so, like, no, that's what this – that's desperation. That's what of course this is true, but yeah, the spoiled thing and all that. I mean, practically, teams. If you're in the mix in 2023, would it be crazy if Matthew Stafford and the Rams beat the Niners? Of course, it wouldn't be. That's a that is a plausible result in the in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, and you know, I refer you back to the Jaguars. That's recent memory that Blake Bortles almost went to the Super Bowl. 
get in is the is the trick here. That's uh that's the main thing. I think the thing with the Chargers is with that available coaching um spot. I wouldn't want to go to Vegas. I wouldn't want Mark Davis as my owner. People always talk about how the two LA teams don't have a home field advantage. What about the Raiders? That's always tourist central and visiting crowds and all of that. That's half the AFC West, by the way, is these uh, sort of tourist destination ball games that you're watching 50, 50 splits in terms of who, uh, who the fans are rooting for. I, I mean, you know, I obviously live in LA, so I like it here. Um, I, I think people are sleeping on Justin Herbert. I mean, the the idea that this guy is some sort of borderline fraud at this point, he's been in a bad situation. Give him the right coach. That's a good spot. I wouldn't want to live in New England. I wouldn't want to succeed Bill Belichick. So forget that gig. I wouldn't want that one. The one is for them that's not going to be available is for the Saints to move on from Dennis Allen. That's where I want to be. Be in that well, garbage what, division, what, live in New Orleans. What I don't understand uh, all of that. is, is, is why it's, it's just – the entire world is just fine with Dennis Allen being like the worst coach in NFL history by win-loss record and just plugging along. Nobody like just plugging along. Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to the wall when I'm like, yeah, but it's the same have- as Todd balls. It's like, does, does anybody care? Is anybody observing what's happening in Tampa this year? I mean, they're good. They, Baker Mayfield and Todd balls are going to win the division. It's, I mean, and nobody, they, neither one of them is getting any buzz at this point about their deeds. It's, it's impressive stuff. And I do hope they lose in the wild card round. Cause I don't want them mucking up the, the Niners V Cowboys or Eagles or lions, but still, I mean, they deserve their flowers too. And no one's talking about them, but that, but yes, um, Atlanta's interesting. If you are assuming Arthur Smith goes, and if they don't win the division, I do think he will go. Eberflus in Chicago is interesting, but only because I'm guessing, I don't know, is Harbaugh, is the Chargers' interest in Harbaugh enough to sway him, or is Harbaugh going to land in Chicago? Are the Chargers going to be able to pay him I could talk for an hour enough. about the Justin Fields thing, right. too, like what they should do in this, what they should do. Are you really going to let that cat get out of the building? But then also, are you going to get a first-round pick for him? Because then moving on from him doesn't become worth it. You should keep him at least for 24 if you ain't getting a first for him. And if you are, I get the the idea of, of you know, resetting the clock with the quarterback and all that rookie deal for the next four or five years. But that, that's a, a fascinating one and obviously impacts whether or not you'd want that gig. But then again, if you have Caleb Williams or Drake May, it probably is an appealing gig in football crazy Chicago and that guy on the day he gets drafted might be the best quarterback in Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl era. Like if they get Caleb Williams, he might be the best quarterback the Bears have had. Period. I mean, but it's not a long list. Winter is warmer in Alaska than Antarctica, but you're still going to want to wear a coat. It's not a long list at all for uh, for the Chicago Bears quarterbacks and their successes. And now a quick break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, fellas, do you feel like this is a sa- was a satisfying episode or did, we, did uh, Dave prattle too long? You can be honest with me. It's fine. It's the holiday season. You know, I'm eggnog drunk once again. I couldn't tell you what time it is. I couldn't tell you what day it is. So who knows? But it was this episode all right with you? Martin, I start with you. I said we did a little prattling. Yeah, little, too much uh, prattling? Maybe maybe 5% too much prattling. You can tell us the holidays. You can are you tell. telling? Are you, are, and are you laying that at my feet? Eh, you're the leader of the show. Okay. All right. Spaghetti, go ahead. Well, I know how to save it. criticism. We're going to we're going to save right now. If there was pride, we're going to save it. Look, I know Martin talked about this in lemon pepper and we're still, you know, a few days away. But having a uh, University of Michigan alum on the show with them playing in the root, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. We have to end the show with our best bet slash picks for that game. Oh, we're getting to them. I just didn't know if we wanted to indulge some more. Like I, I could, I feel like we're just starting the show is my point. I I could sit here and do another hour or three if you guys were game, but I don't think you want to sit here with old man Dave and do that. Shout out though to old man Dave and old man, Kevin Hedge fantasy final upcoming this week. Uh, Good news. We'll have that episode for you. On Thursday, me and Hench and Spaghetti doing our regular minus three for you. And then the 15-minute Week 17 pregame show will be available at at its usual appointed time, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. Um, But okay, Eddie Spaghetti, let's do it then. We do have the Michigan alum here, and he's been all over the place. I, I can't read exactly his enthusiasm, his concern, where it is. Like I say, Wolverines at the time of this recording laying a point and a half to this wild card Bama team. Feels weird to me. Total so is 45, I think, last I uh, I saw this morning. Martin Weiss, go ahead. Pick this game for us. So I'm taking Michigan to win in the cover. So I know that half point, you know, it'll be one of those that matters to some. It will matter to me. Um, but I was telling this to Eddie and Mark Gunnels yesterday that if I if I wasn't if I didn't have a dog in this fight, like if this was if this was Texas Washington that we were breaking down in the same way, I would be betting on Michigan regardless, just because. This line has stayed at one and a half the for a month now. You've so had the, the other one too. I'm surprised neither neither number has moved in a month. So this is from a, a competing sports book to Caesars, but at this sports book, which I feel like is probably indicative of most of them, three times as many bets on Alabama football against the spread and on the money line than any other team on the spread and the money line in the whole college football playoff. Like, that's crazy to me. Three times as many, they're taking three times the money. So you're telling me that Alabama losing would be the good outcome. That's what the sports books are trying, you know what I'm saying, hoping happens. 
The line has not moved despite taking all of this money. Like, if you told me, I, I would be much more nervous about this if Alabama was started out as a one-and-a-half-point underdog and now was a three-point favorite. All right? I'd be much more worried. But the idea that it hasn't moved at all, it means to me that just from a gambling eye, Michigan is the play. Secondly, I can't remove my own prejudice and bias and the fear the abject fear that I have of Jim Harbaugh versus Nick Saban with the month to prepare. That's that is that terrifies. I watched TCU run through this squad this time last year with a month to prepare. Right. But I Michigan should win this game. They they I think they're the better team. How about the practical matchups, too? What Michigan does well versus what Alabama wants to do and does well. It favors Michigan in almost every facet of the game. Specifically, you think Milrose is going to dice them up running the ball at them? And I just, I'm with you, man. The only, um, the thing that it has nothing to do with the X's and O's of it. It has to do with like the curse of supposed to Michigan is supposed to get over the hump this year. Bama is this like, it's weird that it's Nick Saban and mighty Alabama that fits this, but they feel like uh, this underdog, like we're not even supposed to be here. Devil may care. Whereas all the pressures on Michigan, plus all the baggage of the last six, eight weeks. And we know Harbaugh's moving on no matter what that all amounts to uh, there being way more pressure on the Michigan side, but in terms of just straight up X's and O's, yes, I don't think this game should be close. I think that Michigan should certainly win by a touchdown or double digits. And I'm going to roll with that as my idea. Spaghetti, how say you? I, I cannot be more, you know, I don't know if Martin wants to hear this or doesn't want to hear this, but I cannot be more on Michigan side in this game. I mean, if that line was uh seven and a half, I would take it. I mean, if it was 10, I'd probably take it. I just think they're going to roll them over. Um, Michigan, every test they've had this year, they've passed. Cannot say the same for Alabama. This isn't a case of where like, you know, they, they made the switch from like Tyler Buckner and a Milrow mid season. Milrow got hot and they, you know, they won every game 15 to nothing. This was like, we were talking about the iron bowl. This is an Auburn team a bad Auburn team who lost to New Mexico State after paying them and they were one fourth and 31 Hail Mary throw that went if it went out of the back of the end zone we're not even talking about this like this is a bad Alabama team yeah, yeah but they, they beat they, Georgia they beat Georgia by three but Georgia who was who did Georgia get tested Michigan's by all, all in Georgia that's who, the answer that's who did correct. Georgia get tested by all season long right. plus it's a postseason game I mean look Alabama the game versus USF was disgusting there's so many bad moments in that game um there's no dominant uh, uh, I know Alabama offensive line where they're not going to push Michigan around the trenches. Michigan's going to win that battle. Uh, you're talking about the, the month to prepare. Wait, I got to interrupt you to, to, to hammer that point. The, 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 the reason that people are betting Bama is because of Nick Saban and the, you know, 15 years down there and all of that. But I think that it, it has to do with the perception of sec football and specifically Georgia being the number one for three straight years. This was not a great Georgia team. It was a very good Georgia team, but it doesn't compare to Michigan again, in terms of X's and O's right. Martin, is that, is that evaluation accurate? I think it's like, we all, we were all impressed by Georgia. It's like Michigan's is, is relatively speaking much better 
than Georgia. I think Michigan made. had a much better, more impressive resume than Georgia right. did. And we brought, I brought that up with Tiana back in like November. I'm like, why mm -hmm. does Georgia just get to be the number one That's team it. just because? Yep. Like I want to, I won several bets this year with Georgia, like betting against their opponent in the first half, like betting on, I'm sorry, I should say betting on their right. opponent in the first half to cover or to win the first half outright, notably, I believe South Carolina. But so, but it is, I mean, it is the coach is supposed to, it is the, 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 the greatest college football coach that we've seen in, in my lifetime and several other people's lifetimes uh, right there, Nick Saban, that's the path you have to go through. And so it is something that, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to bet on it. I think that cover, I don't have the, the verve and vigor that you all do with saying that it's going to be a five, 10, 15 point You should point be nervous. Margin. Yeah, I'm nervous. Like I'm, I'm actively nervous as a fan and like, I'm scared to be optimistic because I do think though, the winner of this game probably wins the championship. Okay, but you understand, like, even if your instinct is like, I don't want to jinx anything, you know, as a rational grown-up, that what you say on this podcast is not going to impact the result. So let's roll the dice here. Go ahead. Pick who you want Michigan playing in the championship game. Probably Texas. Oh, my God. You're already looking past the Tide? You know who they're playing? <laughs> you know who coaches the Alabama Crimson Tide? So you I want do. Texas in this one. I think yeah, actually I, that's not who you want. I think you would, I, I think, hmm. All right. See now this is, this is a dangerous game and the football gods, I duped you into it. They are listening and you fell into my trap, but I think you're right. Uh, no, I think you're wrong. I think you would want to play Washington if you're Michigan. Maybe some, not. Something about Michael Penix and his, he's played, this will be like the, the sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth time he'll have played Michigan in his career gives me like a little cause of concern there. And plus too, I, I like Washington skill players a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, true. I like them a lot. Like they have some really good guys out there. And I also like, I know what Steve Sarkeesian has done this year, but the body of evidence says that he should blow this. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. You're right about all that. And for one 60 minute stretch, getting a look at a specimen up close can can lose you a game like you you see those huskies pass catchers for one stretch and this is your first although they've been going against those buckeye guys for the last couple of years so i guess they it wouldn't be completely unfamiliar territory for them all right listen martin weiss you're the tops lemon pepper parlay track them down he and mark gunnell's doing great stuff before you get out of here though we appreciate you joining us here in the holiday week leave us with your best bets i don't know if michigan vanquishing Bama counts as one of them. All right, Dave, my two best bets for this week. You're going to have to close your eyes and plug your nose, but that's the type of betting that has to be done this time of the year, right? This is None of it's going to taste good going down, but it's still going to be good for you. Taking the Carolina Panthers and the points. This Carolina team just scored 30 last week, Dave. 30, 30. Jacksonville I didn't noticed signing, that they're coming on a little bit. They're signed, Jacksonville signed Matt Barkley to the practice squad. Trevor Lawrence has gotten knocked out of the last three games, one of which by his own team. <laughs> like So they stepping on the lineman's ankle. Then a concussion, which he came back from a week from. Then an AC joint sprain in his right shoulder. Dave, he's right-handed, right? And then 
Jacksonville's inability to run the ball makes it makes it miraculous that I'm in my fantasy football championship despite starting Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and leaving George Pickens 35 points on the bench last week. I somehow. did the same. Th- I did the exact same stuff. I did. I don't. I didn't have ATN, but I did. I, I somehow have landed in my championships uh, as well with uh, sitting George Pickens, Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick, just like Bryce Young, torched this Jacksonville defense. Okay. Torched this Jacksonville defense. They've been kind of uh, opportunistic in terms of turnovers, and they had that great stretch when they went to London, then they went to Buffalo, and it, but I'm taking the Carolina Panthers. Another one. That's zany. Oh, you want to hear? Oh, you think that's zany? Just wait till you hear this. Okay. A double-digit underdog in the division? I'm almost legally obligated to take it. When you're telling me I get Josh Allen against the New England Patriots defense, I'm almost obligated legally to bet it. And the fact that Stephon Diggs has been missing in action over the last few weeks... I'm taking the New England Patriots in the 12 points. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Patriots in the 12 points. I do like it because they also, you know, the Chargers did a decent job last week against the Bills and just they about almost won. won. I mean, right. And and by the way, I don't want to get tied up with this, like following the standings thing. If the Bills would have lost that game, the where the Steelers would be right now would be just the funniest. But anyhow, um, that's a, I like the Panthers one a lot. Those double digit spreads. We always talk about them. And yet I went over three. I couldn't help. I couldn't talk myself into any of the dogs, despite those, those massive numbers that they were given. And so I went over three trying to ride the favorites there. I think you're smart to make that bet. That defense for the Patriots has been solid pretty much all season long. So, and, and you know what? I think it's a pumpkin thing and you don't want to bet too much on backup QBs, but Zappy has made a few plays there. You know, that was a nice little performance he had against the playoff relevant last week, Denver Broncos. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a smart play. I like it. Martin Weiss. Hey, before you go, you. I got one more question for you, Dave. I broke ahead. this out on lemon pepper and I, I anecdotally, it feels like it is hundred percent true. At least for the last two years. Eddie, you might know where I'm going with this. We got three double-digit favorites on the board. Every week, when we have at least three double-digit favorites on the board, one of them loses outright. Is that right? Wow. I mean, I Buffalo Damier did as a double-digit favorite. Kansas City did, and the Giants covered. Maybe we three-way tease it. And make those numbers truly gargantuan and uncoverable for the favorites. What about that? Maybe maybe that's the way we go. I have a, sc- a scar in my in my sweetheart teaser heart from watching uh, the Atlanta Falcons turn it over twice, and somehow uh, the Buccaneers beat them by seventeen points, and I had it at sixteen and a half. <laughs> but um, you got the Patriots and the Bills, the Commanders and the Forty ers and the Cardinals and the Eagles. Call your shot. Which double-digit underdog wins outright? I, I I was legitimately looking at it this morning. I really want to go with the Patriots as an outright winner here. Because what they have done is, what's interesting with them is that 
by the way, the Jets are catching like uh, seven and a half or something from the flag. Yes. Right. I think that's yes, a fun are. one as well. I think that I, I think that's also something to circle and and ruminate on in these coming hours. The way the Jets didn't cover three with a 30 point lead in the third quarter last week is that's going to be one of the worst beats I've had in a long, long time. Like that, that hurt my soul. I guess I'll go with the Bills to answer your question. Eddie Spaghetti, if you want to throw out a college football best bet, although we will be doing this on minus three, you can do it. I've already said I'm taking Michigan, and it sounds like you are too. Is that yeah, the- Michigan best bet. Um, right now, I'm unsure if I want to lay the points with Texas or take them money line. I think Texas will win that game. I think Texas will win the national title. Um, so mini spoiler alert there. I think the best quarterback left is Quinn Ewers. And I think this is the time when you see the best quarterbacks rise up. Wow. Um, so yeah, I really, I really do believe in him. So that'll be, hmm. that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll have the full breakdown minus three later on my NFL picks on minus three as well. Boy, by the way, Penix is Tua because of that left arm and how they move generally speaking and their stature and all that, uh, that he's the next Tua in the NFL. I think he's going to beat Texas this time around too. They are the team of destiny in the last year for the Pac-12. Um, Martin Weiss, dynamite stuff. I'm sorry I prattled so long there. I took us a little bit, a uh, l- little heavier than I expected to, but nevertheless, a good time catching up with you this holiday season. We appreciate you checking out all the great content, including Lemon Pepper Parlay. Waiver Wired is going to be addressing this week, within a matter of hours, Piacente and Spaghetti, among other things, the fantasy championship between Kevin Hench and Dave Damashek. Listen for that one. Toby Mergler going forward with Trendy. Make sure you're checking that one out. And Patriots covered- Cardinals money line pays out thirty to one. I'm putting I'm putting ten dollars on it. That's all I'm saying. I'm laying a little bit. The worst of those options on some level is the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray once or three times a year if you give him a full 17 games is just going to outright steal a game by the way he's the guy to watch the the idea of like Kirk Cousins might be available this year and maybe he's the quarterback you want to chase and now it looks like Russell Wilson I don't know if anybody wants him at this point but he's going to be out on the market and so too it would see Mason Rudolph and I don't know maybe you can get Geno Smith if they reboot and all of that the guy to watch is Kyler Murray That's the guy who I think the Cardinals would like to move on from. And if there's somebody, and he is intriguing. As I sit here as a Steelers fan, imagine if you plugged him in, just like, Hey, go, go run around, make some, make some wild plays, make like two wild plays a game for us. And then, and then uh, don't make any mistakes. I think he's a fun one to talk about. Anyway, enough about that. We'll, uh, we'll dig in deeper as we move forward here. Hey, Eddie Spaghetti, before we wrap up, I think I'd like to do the uh, the Shecky Awards, not on this week. I know it would be off schedule, but I'd like to push it forward. I don't want to. Hench doesn't like the Shecky Awards, and so I and given the turmoil that he and I are going through right now in advance of this finals, like he's not going to be receptive to anything I have to say. And so I'd like to kick it down the road to next week. It's like this is an emergent situation with the fantasy final. I think it's better to just do the Shecky Awards first week. Of, uh, that, of 2024. Totally fine. Okay. Um, we'll have to make it work. I know with New Year's Day being a Monday, but we will figure something out. Yeah. Well, well, well I yeah, just right. wonder, Dave, because what if you lose and then you don't want to talk to Hench and you don't want to share your, your Shecky Award 
season with him anymore. I could see right that occurring, you know, especially if you lose in like embarrassing fashion, you won't want to show your face up again. So what if, if I said, need- what if in the Shecky Awards I say something nice about Hench and then he beats me in the final? That's a bad look for Dave. I don't want to have to deal with that. You're right. Okay, so we park our cars. Um, I know we keep going on and on here. I told you I was going to ask you who is the Sonic Award winner, the sports town whose fans have suffered the most this year. Martin Weiss, who is it? I have to go with uh, the Washington, D.C. area. Hmm. The Washington, D.C. Irrelevant. Their superstar of the millennium is fading fast. The Wizards are an atrocity. They're so bad. They're made fun of. The Commanders, again, literally you're sitting in the stadium. Ah. You might have human waste fall on your head. You know, and and that doesn't even talk about the human waste that you're watching on the field. So yeah, I, I'd have to go. It's a good and, one. I can't. I can't accept no it as the final, though. I can't accept it as uh, there's no way it'll win because they purge Dan Snyder, and that's what they wanted to do more than anything else. So I can't Fair say enough. that they suffered the most this year. Okay, good offering there. We'll have that and all the uh, other Shecky Awards for you next week. Before all that, uh, minus three coming at you on Thursday. With Kevin Hench, we'll get right for the weekend upcoming in fantasy and real football and other sports, too. Meantime, like I say, can't say it enough. Uh, great uh, show that uh, makes you smarter. Lemon Pepper Parlay with Mark Gunnels and this guy, Martin Weiss. Make sure you're subscribed and checking that one out. Me and Eddie Spaghetti back tomorrow. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>